Shalom Aleichem, on behalf of Teach 613, we welcome you to Take 10 for Talmud. Babakama Kuf Vav, Babakama 106, pagination is 211. We're on Amud Aleph, the first side of the daf, about 10 lines from the top, in the beginning of a line, Amar Rav Huna. Our topic is a pasuk in Parshas Mishpatim. That's Chumash Mos Perik Chaf Beis, Pasuk Yud, where the Pasuk is dealing with a case of Pikadon. Someone entrusted an item to somebody else, and now that item is damaged or lost. The example of the Pasuk is Chamor Shor Ose Vachobahema a donkey, an ox, a sheep, or any animal. This is a concept called pikadon, entrusting something to somebody else. And the Pesach says that the person who was entrusted, the guardian, will have to make an oath that he didn't steal it, that it wasn't his responsibility that it got damaged or lost. And the Pasuk says that if he does make this oath, the owner shall take it. He takes the remaining carcass. And payment shall not be made. Meaning, if you make the oath, you absolve yourself of payment. Our Gemara says, In the name of Rav, If a person says, There's a coin of mine in your hand. I entrusted you. And the other one says, No such. And the suspected guardian makes an oath to that effect that It never happened. It's not true. And now witnesses come and tell us the whole story, and it turns out that he was denying the truth. Potter, says Rav, he's absolved of paying. Because it's Xeris HaKosuf. There shall be no payment done after the oath occurred. That's the rule. Once the person makes an oath, He's not going to pay. Whatever will happen to him in heaven, on earth, but payment is not going to be made. Kevin Shekiblu Bailim Shavua, once the owner accepted the oath, Shuv Ein Mishalman Mamon, he no longer pays money. For Lokach Ba'alav, he accepts the oath. Velo Yishalim and there shall be no payment. Even, Rav holds, if witnesses come later. The Gemara continues analyzing the statement of Rav. Amar Rava, Mistavra milseh de Rav b'milva de nitna. I understand Rav better if we're dealing with a loan, because that money was meant to be spent, so it's only a conceptual obligation. There's no physical item anywhere in the world that you can point to and say, this belongs to the other person. And therefore, 
I appreciate what Rav is saying, agree or disagree, but I appreciate what Rav is saying, that the Pasuk tells you once an oath is made, it absolves him of payment, of a picadon, but if there's an entrusted item, that still is owned by the owner. Just because he made an oath, it doesn't make sense that he's going to become absolved. And Rava said, I could understand Rav better if it's dealing with a loan than if it's dealing with an entrusted item that's still intact. Asks the Gemara, V'hu'elokim, indeed, Amar Rav afilu b'pikadon. Rav said his rule even by pikadon, d'chik siv kara, because let's observe that the posak itself, b'pikadon k'siv, was talking about a pikadon, entrusted item. And therefore, Rav's position would be, it's a gzeris hakosov, once he makes the oath, he's absolved of payment, even if we verify the truth through witnesses, he still will not pay. The Gemara does an analysis of Rav based on a question from a Mishnah, and the Gemara observes that Rav would agree that if the oath was made out of Bezdin, so that it's not a truly binding oath, or Kofatz, if Bezdin did not order the oath be made, but the person offered the oath in Bezdin, that those are not considered within the parameters of this Pasuk that's going to absolve him of payment, even if witnesses come. Even according to Rav, it's a very limited case where Bezdin imposed the oath, and the person made the oath, and now witnesses came. Rav holds He's going to be Potter. If you look at the Gemara about 10 lines into the wide, in the middle of the line, Aleph Lamid, Omar Lei, Rami Barchama Rav Nachman, Rami Barchama made an interesting observation and objection. Michti. Let's put things in perspective. Derav lo sevirolach. You don't hold of Rav. We're trying to figure out what Rav holds, but we don't hold that that is the rule emanating from this Pasuk, that if a person makes an oath, he's absolved, even if we later find out the truth. That's not true. That's not the way we hold. If we later find out the truth, he would have to pay. So why are you drawing yourself after Rav as if you have a vested interest to interpret how Rav holds in this case? Why don't you just put Rav's shita on the side and proceed with the way we paskin? Amalei, he answered, very instructive, I'm spending the time on this to explain how Rav would hold regarding the Mishnah that seemed to be a question on him. That's the first eight lines in the wide that we skipped. I'm spending time on this in order to answer the Mishnayis according to Rav, even though I don't hold like Rav, which is 
a basic attitude of the Talmud in terms of both truth-seeking and in recognizing that the opposing view is also Torah. And understanding, uh, the classic example, understanding Beishamai, even if we paskin like Beis Hillel, is also a mitzvah. So we spend time on Rav, we try to explain it, but we don't paskin like Rav. Asks the Gemara, Vaharav Kroka Omar. Rav is saying a posuk. It says, Vallakach Ba'olav, he should accept the oath, Velo Yishalem, and the person does not pay. Does not pay means, Rav says, even after witnesses come. How do you explain the posuk in a different way? Amri, I'll answer you. The rule of this Pasuk is that we would not know otherwise who's making the oath. It says, There should be an oath of Hashem between them, the litigants. I don't know who gets to make the oath. So the rule learned from this Pasuk is whoever was eligible, so to speak, to pay, that's the person who makes the oath. Nishba'in v'lo meshalmin. You make an oath, and you don't have to pay. And that's why the Pasuk ends off, v'lo yishalim, and he will not pay, because that's the person who was under discussion as far as the oath goes. The person upon who it rested to pay is absolving himself through the oath. In Choshen Mishpat Simen Pezayin Seif Chavtes, Misha Kofar Bekol, if a person denied everything, Ve'ed Echad Makchisho, even with one person contradicting him, so he proceeded to make an oath against the witness. And afterwards, they bring a second witness, and it turns out that he's got two witnesses now against him. That joining of the witnesses works. And he's going to have to pay. Even though he already swore. And the Mepharshim say that's a psak against the ruling of Rav. Rav learns the Pasuk that once he makes the oath, there is no payment. And we don't paskin like that. He makes an oath, he's still possibly going to pay if dynamics change and two witnesses show up. The Lo Yishalem teaches us that the person who's making the oath is the person who would have had to pay. That's the person who's absolved through the oath, and therefore, the Lo Yishalem, he does not pay. The one exception to this, which is important to understand, there's a case of Nishba Venotel, a person makes an oath and takes. And that's the case of Chashud Al Hashavua, if the person who's under discussion to pay and under discussion to make an oath is ineligible to make an oath because he's a thief and we're worried he'll lie, then indeed there is an unusual 
application where it's nishba venotel, a person makes an oath and takes from the other person. But in general, the basic Torah law is nishba velo yishalem. When a person makes an oath, it's the person who would have paid otherwise, and that oath absolves him from payment. Again, if you want to include the case of Rav in our discussion, unless Adam would yet come, because we don't paskin like Rav, who absolves him after the oath, no matter what. Yeshekoach, thank you for joining.